0: So why is it that Christians don't give credit for goodness in people that we don't deem to be Christian, or Christian enough, or Christian like us? My wife Ashley and I had a discussion about this over the weekend. We normally have a Facebook Live podcast discussion on Saturday mornings called Coffee with Paul and Ashley, but my wife had to be out of town moving our daughter to college this week, so we did it as cocktails with Paul and Ashley on Friday evening. And we discussed this idea of why is it that Christians are exclusive and tend to believe we're the only ones that can do good things and discount the hearts of those we don't deem to be Christian or Christian enough. We also talk a little bit about is it okay to say curse words from time to time, and other various things as we process and debrief in our weekly time together that you guys have found to be pretty beneficial. So if you would help us and share this, talk about it on social media, comment on my page, and tell others about the Nonpartisan Evangelical podcast, we'll keep doing it. And we appreciate your support. So this is Paul and Ashley asking, why don't Christians allow goodness to come from other people on the Nonpartisan Evangelical?
1: For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear,
0: this is the nonpartisan evangelical podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing
1: Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush-for-brains,
0: evangelical leaders are trying to... To, uh, to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb in calling yourself a Christian.
1: Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com.
0: Okay, we're live.
1: Okay, we're live. It is Friday, (laughs) Friday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Not
0: our usual Saturday morning. No,
1: it's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. So by
0: that you mean it's been a little bit of a trying week.
1: It's been a trying week. It's been just feels like maybe ending this week with so much fatigue, uh, just about the world around us, and then also yeah, just personally, you know, dealing with. Pretty significant life issues in our family and our household and we can talk about that but yeah so so not doing alcohol yet I'm just sticking with
0: water yeah. yeah yeah we got a little bit different shot today we're moving around and so I like your your frez yes tribute beer in the background yep blonde ale right
1: strawberry blonde
0: strawberry blonde yes. that's right
1: <laughs> yes which um, I joked with with our kids so in 2016, when I was just finishing um, my last year at the city of Fresno during the Fres Yes Festival that year, which I think was around like June. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But but, thank you, Tiago Sequoia. They did this like tribute beer to the Swear Engine Strawberry, uh, Strawberry Blonde Ale. And I told my kids at the time it was my legacy. It uh. <laughs> <laughs> probably,
0: sure was. Probably
1: is not too much of an overstatement. Like, what did I accomplish? That's <laughs> fair.
0: Well, you got I a did. beer.
1: I did get a beer. I didn't get a park named after me, I didn't get a building, but I got a one-time, like, tribute beer, you know, so.
0: Could be worse. I guess so. Could I'm be a, worse. I'm not
1: complaining. It was a delicious, delicious beer. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's Friday. We're, we're grateful for folks who will just tune in for a little bit, hang out with us for a few minutes, or maybe catch this later in the week when we post it um, on the interweb. But yeah, so I'm Ashley, this is Paul, and I'm here as an observer, onlooker, supporter of Paul, who's the Nonpartisan Evangelical, and uh, this is just kind of our weekend review. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the things that Paul has been talking about and posting about on the Nonpartisan Evangelical, first of all, you're missing out. So for sure, you should go to npepodcast.com and get on the Insider's email list and go to wherever you subscribe to podcasts and subscribe to the nonpartisan evangelical because your content just keeps getting better and better but it really is the the passion the desire of your heart our lives together to just see like authentic expression of like real god stuff not man made not you know kind of a religious thing that you and I both grew up Mm. but really seeing what it looks like for the love of god to move in a pure way we believe it is totally transforming of all of society not just individual lives and boy that's not exactly what we see in the uh christian church the evangelical church of america today so you decided you would strike out and try to speak out against that
0: yeah and and see if we could actually can give people an opportunity to be on a journey to change something you know i i did want to jump in and I met Daniel this week and I didn't get his permission to tell everybody this. So I'm not going to identify him any more than by his first name. But he said he we had a chance to connect via Zoom. And he said, well, I wanted to connect first off because I always listened to you on the radio doing sports talk for years while I was growing up. Yes, now I feel old. But he said, then I discovered you were doing the nonpartisan evangelical. So he said, I took two weeks and listened to every podcast you had done read every blog od deed on pulse ranging and nonpartisan evangelical and uh, and now he was a big fan and so we we spent some time talking about you know sort of what 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 is the journey that that I've been on and you know he was asking some theological questions and 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 so it's just really gratifying and particularly as, as we did the subscribe to apple podcast last week the review on amazon this week i just had just so much great feedback from so many of you who are just saying, thank you, finally. There's somebody in the evangelical church willing to say what many of us are feeling, that this idea that you have to be Republican, you have to be a conspiracy theorist, you have to follow these sort of alt-right websites to be a good evangelical Christian just aren't true, and that actually God is trying to Give us a chance in this season to think different is one is what Steve Jobs used to say. I know you're a grammarian, so you like differently better.
1: I still can't handle it. I'm like <laughs> put an ly. Steve on that Jobs adverb. was pretty
0: smart, though.
1: You probably you probably can say it however you so want. So I like it. that
0: idea of think different and giving people a chance to say what you learned, what we learned every day growing up in sort of that staunch conservative evangelicalism isn't necessarily the way the church has always thought it's actually a very new theological standpoint and we don't believe it's the the one that god prefers in this season or where god is trying to take followers of the creator of the universe
1: so you started nonpartisan evangelical now it's been a year and a half ago and you know we honestly didn't know what to expect you know and, and and for us it's just important to put this message out there and to create a space and there are probably many other spaces like this out there in the whole entire world, but we're trying to
0: connect connect with
1: other people who are, are really, really committed to seeing just a pivot away from the sort of the political church of America, which is kind of funny because I've served in elected office. I certainly have a high value for public service and, you know, I'm not afraid of a few political skirmishes here and there. And and you've pastored a church. We love the church. We love government service and you know and understand politics. And we're looking at the way these things have come together. And it's so magnified in our own community. We live in Fresno, California, right in the middle of the state. It has in the past been considered the conservative, sort of the shiny belt buckle of the Bible belt of California, that, you know, and the, the, the far right kind of thing. That is changing for sure. But anyway, we see this so much in our own community. And then of course we're reflecting on what's happening all around our country and we are living in just an incredibly intense time. And I will, you know, kind of just finish this little piece by saying I think it's important to just acknowledge how absolutely fatiguing and trying it is to live in this season and to try to be, to try to be partnering in some positive change. Like this week really kind of kicked the snot out of me. I'll just say, (laughs) And I probably would use a different word than snot, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can do that. I, uh, You know, as a pastor, I used to always say a cuss word a day keeps re- religion away, sure. which religion in the, the negative part of the term of of living by a set of rules rather than what Christianity really ought to be, which is a, a relationship with God and with man. But- so,
1: by the way, so when I was in the city of Fresno, like you you don't live in a very political world for too long without picking up a bad habit or two. And so I decided my vice would be cussing. And so if I like, I had to, I had to pick up a vice. It was either going to be like alcohol or, (laughs) or cussing. So I went with cussing because I figured it was like less impactful to my life. And so there are just some, you know, some things that can only be expressed with four letters. Like that's just the truth, right? Right. And so anyway, darn. I would, I would like, you know, maybe have a little streak every now and then. And people would look at me and be like, "Your husband's a pastor." I'm like, I know. He told me I should talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps the religious demons away. My pastor, who's also my husband, told me to say that.
0: <laughs> well, and it it goes to the point that none of this is about behavior. That that. The story of Christ wasn't about, okay, I've come to give you a new list of rules to follow. I'm going to do away with the old rules, and here's the new list. And so there's nothing inherently wrong with any one word. There, the Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain didn't mean you can't say hell or damn it or worse words, which I do like to say from time to time, particularly when I hit my thumb with a hammer on those rare moments when I'm using a hammer. But what it, what it meant was, don't, don't use God's name to curse people. To, you know, the reason we don't say God damn it is because the idea in the, the days the commandments were written is that people, when they were offended, would say, God damn you. And, and they were calling a curse from heaven onto people. And, and so the commandment was don't do that. It wasn't don't say the S word or the F word or an F bomb. Now, those can be sin because they violate relationship with somebody or something, but the words themselves are not inherently evil.
1: So we did not have this on the list of things to talk about. I know, but it's (laughs) kind of an
0: interesting topic.
1: (laughs) So if you are wondering if it's okay to cuss, you can love God and cuss. Yeah. I believe that.
0: Well, everything is ultimately a a heart condition. And so if I'm yelling the F word out of severe unhealthiness, then now it's something that I need to look at and change. But if if I'm totally okay and I can drop an F bomb from time to time,
1: In all of the important things in life right now, if this was on your mind and you were worried about this, if you're one of the people watching this going, Gosh, I'm so, I, boy, I just feel a little bit lighter having had Paul and Ashley shed light on this, then you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. But probably not. Because
0: it's, again, but it goes to the freedom that we're talking about that Jesus said that that he came to give sight to the blind and set the captives free. Yeah. He, he wanted to relieve people of the bondage of a religious code. And Christian evangelicalism has just put a new code on people. And you have to agree with this ideology. You have to be against this sin and against this sin and against this sin. None of that is what Christianity is actually about. And certainly not whether you say the word shit or not. That is not what it's all about. There you go. Sorry, there I said go. that, but not sorry. No,
1: but you know what? That actually get that is really the point, and that yeah. gets us kind of back on track. And just the you know the the God that we see portrayed today by the American Evangelical Church, I would break it down a little bit farther and say the White Evangelical Church, like the God that we see on display, is so different from what you're expressing, and that's really what NPE is all about. So let me just also remind folks: if you haven't subscribed yet, go to Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, npepodcast.com is the website. And we ha- we actually did have something we wanted to, to tee up for a little bit of discussion today. But before I do that, want to just thank people who wrote a book review this yeah. week. So um, when Joseph comes to town, when the religiously right, when the
0: religious right,
1: religious rights
0: becomes, becomes religiously wrong,
1: what he said, that's the book. And I had some great reviews. Oh, my
0: gosh. Such so, cool reviews.
1: Yeah. That was really awesome. So thank you for doing that. Yeah.
0: And uh, really love that. Now, you were talking about it being a week. Like, we personally had a, a heavy yeah. week this week.
1: It, You know what? It's, gosh, there are just some, like, so many times during this week when I just thought to myself, I cannot believe all the things that are going on. There's no way that so many things can fly around without them completely colliding and like blowing up in our faces. So, mm. so our son had surgery on Tuesday.
0: Monday, wasn't it? No, was it, it, was, Tuesday? it was Tuesday,
1: okay. which he's okay, which is great. And we're so grateful for the Dr. Thaxer and the team at Spock and like, like, thank God that, you know, f- to me it was really a provision that we were able to get him in, get him cared for really quickly. You know, and be in good hands. We of had course, a we're being put injury. through the rigor
0: by the insurance company, so pray for our insurance. Company.
1: Yes. Don't worry. I can handle <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I, I got that. Don't worry. All about right. That. But uh, anyway, so we had a sports injury, and it was also, you know, something that's going to really create problems for his mobility in the long term. And so we're just taking advantage of COVID and everything being shut down to get, get him cared for. But it's a pretty significant deal. So that was happening. And then our daughter moved back today to Southern California to go to college. So, we are literally like packing up her stuff, figuring out how to get it down there. We need to stay up here with Sam, going down tomorrow to help her move. And like, oh my God, just like the world around us, the day job, all that kind of stuff. It's been
0: crazy. Yeah, and are they going to school in class? Are they not? Maybe our son is and yeah. our daughter's not. And right. and just when is all this stuff going to start? And of course, then you see the, the case numbers climbing. And today we heard, a teenager died of COVID, the first one in California in central in the Central Valley. I mean, this is this is just heavy oh stuff God. we're having you to know, deal with. And still people saying, Let's not wear a mask, let's open everything up. You know, it's it's just a crazy this, time. and
1: this is what is so just so brutal is that on the same day that we had local elected officials calling a press conference and and these were not elected officials who are education like school superintendent anything like that they're general purpose government officials a couple of city council members past mayor mayor of our bedroom community etc doing a press conference talking about how schools should open which i understand like if schools could open safely totally get it like everybody wants that to happen but they're out there on this. Open the schools. Kids don't get COVID, and quite literally, on the same day, a 15-year-old dies in our community yeah. from COVID.
0: And the day after, Herman Cain, a Republican presidential, former Republican presidential candidate, died, who recently posted a tweet sort of mocking masks at the Tulsa presidential rally. He died of COVID this week. So it's it's just it's crazy times. Hi, everybody, it's Paul. Thanks for letting me interrupt myself and my wife in our discussion to throw this out at you. A lot of you have asked, how can I help? You love the message of the nonpartisan evangelical, the message that God is not mad at you for the world, and the message to the church that, hey, the religious right isn't necessarily right. And I often use the hashtag religious right, religiously wrong, which you can use as well to help promote us. But here's what you can do to help support. You can buy my novel, give it to some friends, share it with others, talk about it on social media. The novel's called Joseph Comes to Town with the subtitle, When the Religious Right Becomes Religiously Wrong. It's my story of what Jesus might say about this conservative, partisan evangelical church we're in the flesh on earth today. So, Joseph Comes to Town is the book. If you go to my website, npepodcast.com, and click on the Joseph the Novel tab, it'll give you all the information about the book, how you can get three free chapters of the book to start off, and how the various ways you can buy the book. So, buy it. Read it, give me a review, share it with somebody else, and tell the world to go buy one for themselves. That's the first way you can help. The second way is just direct money support, and we do this through our nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community. Patreon's a great website that allows creatives to do their stuff and people to help support what they do. So if you go to my website, npepodcast.com, click on the Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner, you can join for as little as $5.99 a month. You'll get the series of my audio book, other special things I do just for our Patreon community, and that money helps support what we do here at the Nonpartisan Evangelical. So if you've been asking how you can help, buy a book, share it, tell people about it, click that Joseph the Novel button at the top of the npepodcast.com website, or you can directly support us through giving on Patreon. Now, it's not a not-for-profit, so you don't get a tax deduction for that. But it's just if you want to add your financial support to the voice of the nonpartisan evangelical, that's how you do it. Go to nppodcast.com, click on that Patreon button, and you'll get some cool stuff for being a part of our NPE Patreon community. No matter what, I love you all. All right, now back to me and Ashley talking about... Christians, and other stuff on The Nonpartisan Evangelical at npepodcast.com. And then, I don't know where you want to go next, but we had this YouTube group of doctors come out and again say hydroxychloroquine is the savior of of it all. And if there wasn't some conspiracy to keep it from us, we would all be well and everything would be good if we just all took hydroxychloroquine, and immediately, every Christian I know, every conservative I know, is retweeting this video, and and one of the main doctors was a woman that apparently believes something about demons having sex with girls. Demons
1: in their sleep is what brings
0: women female problems.
1: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> definitely some you know questionable science. Yeah.
0: Trust me, I, I don't care what drug it is. My doctor the other day was telling me that uh, this remdesvir is, is showing some promise as a treatment. Whatever treatment it is, is fine. I was just questioning why the need, why is there this desperate hope and need for hydroxychloroquine to be the miracle drug that saves us all? And again, it's like masks. It's something totally nonpartisan that has become this major partisan right-wing evangelical issue. Mm-hmm. And, and I just keep saying, guys, why is our mindset in this place? Why do we need this to happen so badly? And, and so that got me, I think we were just looking at 105 comments on that post People alone. People want to talk about that. My post was, if crazy nutty YouTube video comes out that supports my narrative, I'm all in. And why is Facebook trying to stop this video? Why is censorship happening on this video? Scientific people like the CDC or the FDA say a story that doesn't meet my narrative, suddenly I'm screaming fake news. Why are we so quick to run to even wacky fringe stuff that supports our narrative and immediately reject scientific stuff that uh, doesn't go against the story we so badly want in our hearts?
1: All right. So if you're just joining us and you're kind of like, what are Paul and Ashley doing? And, why, you know, hydroxychloroquine and what this and what that. Anyway, welcome. We're first debriefing. Of all. Yeah, we're debriefing the week. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Or you may catch this later in the week if you don't see it live on Friday. It is Friday, July 31st when we're uh, recording no. this. And uh, we just like to do a, like a little weekly recap focusing on the things that Paul is the nonpartisan evangelical brings to light, whether through a Facebook Live or a post of some sort or a podcast. And so, yeah, then we just like to hang out and kind of share with each other and then with you guys what our week was like living in these crazy, crazy times. And I think um, before going to your post of the week, which I really was excited to hear more about. Actually, there were two things I thought were really cool. I want to talk about. Anyway, I just want to put words on this. This is a fatiguing time that we're living in. I can't even begin to imagine, even in the, you know, just surveying American history over the last hundred years, there are only probably a small handful of other as significant times as the ones that we're living in. And uh, boy, it's just fatiguing and it's okay. Like I do a weekly call with CBOs uh, about 250 to 300 CBO community organizations in the Fresno County area. And I asked everybody this week, like, how are you feeling? And it was a range from like, you know, some were really enthusiastic, et cetera, and like finding great camaraderie and trying to solve this problem together and respond to COVID, et cetera. And then my favorite word was just one word: crusty.
0: Oh wow! And
1: I thought, you know what? I can appreciate that. Things are feeling a little crusty, but anyway, so it's okay. And this is part of what we wanted to do: is just like create a space where you know you you know you can hear other folks kind of saying the same thing. We're real frustrated with what's going on in the American Evangelical Church. We think God looks, sounds, feels, acts very differently than what we're seeing in the church. And boy, the way he is being represented right now complicates all these other hard things. So that's what you write about. That's what you talk about. Yeah. So last week you mentioned that you had a blog in your mind. You actually produced it this week. It was a modern day parable. You want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, it
0: was back in the biblical times. There were these religious people called the pharisees and they would come and ask jesus questions and and i call them trap questions when back in my days working in the media we called them how long have you been beating your wife questions they're they're questions not meant to gain information they're they're trying to trap you into into something so that they can get a narrative and and so the pharisees would ask these questions of jesus and they didn't really care what his answer was they weren't trying to gain information they just wanted to be able to put a label on him On one side of an issue or another. So they would come with cultural questions like uh, tax collectors were a big one and Roman taxation. And so they would say, Jesus, are you for taxation or against it? And again, they didn't care what his answer was. If he said, I'm against it, then they could go to the Romans and say, hey, this guy's seditious. You need to take him out. And if he said he was uh, against, if he was for it, then they could tell his people like, oh, he's not for you. He's for the Roman government. They just they just wanted to be able to put a label on him. And that's a lot of what our culture is today, if, if particularly for sort of this partisan evangelical mindset. If I can call you a liberal, if I can call you a Democrat, if I can call you a Marxist, if I can call you a socialist, if I can slap a label, then I don't have to consider any content other than that ever again. I don't have to consider anything you say. And so quite often as I'm trying to engage people in discussion, I will get Christians that come along and say, well, what about... Marxism? What about socialism? And, and so having a discussion about a, a false meme posted this week, I was approached by somebody that says, well, you went to protest for, for Black Lives Matter. And how do you feel now that you know Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization that is against the traditional family? And, and so I, my modern day parable is all about Jesus having this Facebook conversation with these modern day Christians saying, Jesus, are you for Marxism or are you not? Are you for the traditional family or are you not? And all of this stuff is based on somewhat false premises. And I'm not saying necessarily that, you know, the Black Lives Matter doesn't say there's some Marxism on their on their post. But it's but it's the desire to be able to put a label on something and then not be able to consider it. So in the in the parable, basically, it's Christians firing questions at Jesus. And I use actual quotes that people threw at me on Facebook and put it into this parable of how it would look asking those questions to Jesus. And That's it's pretty, pretty brutal, pretty fascinating <laughs> to, to it comes out. And in the end, they're basically questioning whether Jesus is really a Christian at all or not. Because if you're not standing strong for the traditional family, then, then you've missed it. Even though the Bible really doesn't even talk about the traditional family, the families in the day when the Bible were written were extended families and they all lived together and took care of each other's kids. And it truly was a village that took care of the children. So the traditional traditional family has been a white evangelical invention in America that says the only family that really counts is mom, dad, and kids living in a house together. And that's not even biblical. And that's something that we're now saying, if you're against that in any way, and I don't really think anybody's really against that, but some people are saying, well, maybe that's not the only family that we're going to give credit to for loving their kids. And saying that suddenly becomes some anti-Christian statement. So anyway, it's a good blog. So
1: definitely check that out. So what? where do people find that?
0: NPEpodcast.com. NPE it's called Trap Questions Asked by Evangelicals.
1: Yeah. Okay, so if you're doing like a Zoom cocktail party this weekend or some kind of like social gathering and you want to like have a really shocking like, you know, moment where you get everybody's attention with this startling kind of modern day parable, print it out, grab it. And uh, read it to folks and just see what kind of reaction
0: yeah. they have. And the, and the interesting thing is, I, I think we're in a season where our hearts are being tested. And and so I actually think what Jesus would say in that is like, okay, so you see the word Marxism on the BLM website. Are you going to let that stop you from having a heart to stand with people of color? Are you going to let that give you an excuse to not? Yeah. Quite often, That's Jesus would say offensive things to followers of his to see if they would if that offensive thing would then drive them off and give them a, an excuse to go, and if they were only in it for the benefits. And so I really think part of what that statement is all about in this season is, is God saying to us, like, I really care about what the communities of color are, are saying right now, and I'm asking you to mourn with those who mourn and lean into their pain. But the test is, here's this thing about Marxism on the website. Are you going to let that give you an excuse to walk away from these people, I'm asking you to care about, and unfortunately, what has been heavy for me this week is I was talking in my Facebook live on Monday. Is we are we're like yeah okay good that's our excuse. We don't have to care about this. Well, anymore. and
1: that was the second your second post of the week that I really wanted to make sure that we talked about. And you you actually quote Isaiah twenty two four, and yeah. you say like, hey, you know, that at the you know, what's in that verse is like. The writer saying, "Man, let me just grieve for my people." Like, like, in you're having kind of that experience right now, and mourning over what you see going on in the evangelical
0: church. Yeah. Well, part of what's been going on with our son having surgery is you and I are having to get up in the wee hours of the morning to give pain medication. It's like having a
1: newborn again. <laughs> We're on a four-hour rotation, so and you have been getting the one a.m. Yeah medication drop. I've been doing five AM so you've definitely had the shorter <laughs> <laughs> end stick. I do nine. You do one. Yeah. I do five. So
0: I got up at one o'clock on Wednesday morning and laid back down after I had taken care of our son and, and I was just wide awake. If you've ever had that experience and and so I thought, well maybe I should get up and use this time then because I don't want to just sit here and roll around in bed for two hours. So I got up and, and it was just this sense of like, wow, I am I'm so hurting, so hurting for my people. And it kind of started on Monday and I did a Facebook Live. But just this week, I've been like, wow. And, and so I begin to think sort of this thought of like, our heart is sick in the evangelical church. We sort of seen this building for a while, but I think we're pretty heart sick. And I'm starting to wonder if like irreparably so, like we're, we're when the tests come, are you going to fight to have a Sunday morning gathering or not? You know, we, we're always choosing our own comfort and our own, our, our own desires, rather than living sort of the sacrificial life of Jesus. And so Isaiah 22, 9, he just says, don't try to comfort me. I'm just heartbroken, and I just want to grieve over my people. And so, yeah, I've just been in that sort of season. Now, I'm I'm a hopeful guy, and in the middle of tragic times in the book of Jeremiah, this verse comes out that says, God has plans for us to prosper us and not harm us, plans to give a hope in a future. And And so I really believe what is sort of transpiring in this time is is we get to say, well, maybe this sort of evangelical thing is running its course. The millennials are not coming to the church anymore. They're going away. And so what's going to happen in this next generation? And is, is God doing something new as far as church goes? And is, is even COVID a great opportunity? I did a Facebook Live with our friend Tim Newfeld this week, and we were talking like this could be the opportunity for us to completely rethink what a what a church community gathering is. And rather than getting all uptight and oppressed and calling the governor a tyrant, what if we were like, Holy Spirit, give us some creative wisdom and new creativity to to just rethink from the ground up what, what church, what a church community really looks like. And so my hope is even as I'm grieving and sad for the sickness of our hearts, I'm like, well, maybe this is the time God's gonna show us something new and we get to go into a new season, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. You know, I was having a conversation this week with a colleague who does not come from a traditional white evangelical background and, you know, involved in a lot of civic work in the greater Fresno region, Central Valley of California, and uh, known known to be a bit of an agitator or whatever. But of course, because she's she, so she, trying to lift up, you know, the issues, the concerns and the needs of the marginalized and people who have really been been looked over and kind of you know, whatever, we've just, we've really left a lot of people in the wake of, in the, in the Fresno area, in the central San Joaquin Valley, there's just a lot of people who have been left behind and left out, so, you know, that's been her life's work, it's very significant, and uh, I marveled at how she was, you know, really just kind of expressing, like, man, like, your God, your church doesn't allow someone like me in my faith, like, my, my faith doesn't count, right. the way I the way I connect with God doesn't count because it does not look like what you're experiencing in your, in your church. And it was such a powerful statement. And I just thought, dear God, like time out, you know, yeah. if, if the message that we're sending in the, you know, the conservative Republican evangelical church is that her faith doesn't matter. No wonder we're in the mess that we're in. No wonder. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's frankly a wonder we haven't gotten here sooner and that people are not more upset and speaking out and protesting and that sort of thing. Like we, we really have got to stop and listen and hear people's hearts. And as you were saying, not just label them and then discount and disqualify their life's messages, their lives' work, the way in which they've seen God in their lives that maybe is very, you know, maybe very contrary to what the Republican Party wants. And yet it's every bit as much. You know, God's love for them and his work in their life to help them accomplish something that they're working towards.
0: Now, part of the journey of my life has been while I was growing up in a traditional staunch evangelical church, church life. I used to look around and say, wow, those people out there, those sinners that we knew were going to hell. Well, I know they're going to hell and I know their life is terrible because God's really angry at them. But they sort of look happy. <laughs> and, and when I look at our people, we don't look very happy. We seem pretty mad and angry. And they look pretty happy. But I know they're going to hell. So I'll get the last laugh on them. But then the other thing was I used to say, and it, and it seems like they love people. Yeah. And it seems like we don't. And
1: there was just a lot of freedom, yeah. right? Like we didn't experience that freedom.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, we look, I looked at, at John Lennon, who we thought was a particularly bad sinner. And it's like, it, it kind of seems like he loves people. <laughs> and, and so I remember as a kid even thinking, well, I know I can't because I'm a Christian, but I wish I could love people, too wow I, I truly right
1: like as kid, like think, just think about that thought for a second like yeah. i'm not allowed to love people because i'm a christian
0: yeah that was like, that was how i translated what i was being told yeah in my christianity and, and so i could see that we were angry and we didn't love people unless they came into our church doors and i'm talking about the building we came in not not that church down the block yeah they weren't okay only yeah. those in our building were okay and and some would say, oh, that's not true. But it's it's sort of the idea that you have to be us and not not just us. It, it's not just about following God. You have to like follow Jesus in the way that we've interpreted the Bible very narrowly. And so it's a very, very exclusive religion. And I think the freedom that God is trying to say is your friend. Her faith counts. Yeah. That that Jesus came to connect us to God. Jesus didn't come to create this new religion that now you have to follow this set of rules to be right with God. He came to say, I want to point you to the father and, and you don't have to go through those Pharisees and those Sadducees and their list of rules to get to him. The creator of the universe actually just, just wants to be friends with you. And, and he's kind of okay with however we get there. We're going to figure it out together.
1: And that is ultimately the hopeful message here. So I know that it's, you know, Friday when we're recording this at 645 and like cocktail hour and like this is a little bit heavy. And I think (laughs) we're saying that every weekend, like, wow, we jump on and talk about pretty heavy stuff. But hopefully we do so in a way that makes it more digestible. And we really are just trying to create a space for um, people to be able to connect and talk about these sorts of um, really pivotal societal issues. Like this is the time to talk about it. But that's the hopeful message is that, you know, having to speak truth into, you know, a community group, a cultural group that we've associated with our entire lives. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. It's not it's not great being the, you know, turn the punch bowl of like, actually, we need to change what we're doing. We're kind of sucking right now. Like that's not a fun thing to do. But the only reason why I think I see you doing it and pushing in so hard on it is because there's something so much better beyond
0: uh-huh. what
1: we know today in the evangelical church. So it's worth it, right? Like if it takes kind of really deconstructing in order to reconstruct, man, it's going to be worth it because the freedom, the hope, the optimism, the ability to love people, like the actual relationship that, that Jesus does provide, like, wow, we're not, we're not even scratching the surface of that. Right. You know,
0: so right. And, there's I, hope in that hopefully for people. I had a conversation with a friend this week and, and she was like, well, why aren't you just as hard on, on the people on the left? I'm like, cause I'm talking to my people. And I'm inviting them into a journey of freedom. And sort of the model I saw in Jesus is Jesus didn't say, Pharisees, you're bad, and Samaritans, you're bad, too. And and so tomorrow I'll talk about how bad the Samaritans are. But today I'm going to talk about how bad the Pharisees are. And and then tomorrow I'll tell you what's good about the Pharisees and the good things they do. No, Jesus, like, just kept banging on. And it wasn't about the individuals who were in this Pharisaical group. It was about the religious system. And he's saying, "You people that are trapped in the system and are trapping others in it, you need to hear a different message." And the way I'm going to get that to you is I'm going to bang you over the head really hard with some really hard statements. And so that's a little bit of what we're what we're modeling. Is sometimes people are like, "Wow, ouch, that feels unfair," and and I'm just start, really starting to figure out, like, yeah, that's kind of the model. That's kind of what we're doing. We're gonna we're gonna pinch a little bit and then start to say, "So where's your heart in that now? What does that do to your heart?" Because Jesus once said to people, to get to heaven, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And a bunch of them said, okay, we're out. That's it. That's a statement kind of too gross. far. Yep. Kind of yep. and, and his whole point of doing that was like, if I throw out a really hard thing to say, is that it? Or are you going to lean in to hear more? And and I'm sorry to keep going on, but one of the things that I realized in the wee hours of the morning after giving the pain medication to our son Is, is that, that is really what, what God has been preparing our household for and me for. It's this time of being post pastoral leader of a church, having a pulpit I need to maintain to be able to. you know your purpose that's going to look like arrogance to some people and and so i think yeah it may look a little bit like arrogance but it's just because i think really starting to figure out what the message is and the purpose and where we're going and the journey that i want to invite people on that if you've ever had that moment of like maybe we don't have it all right but you don't feel like there's permission to think different or think differently i want to invite you to get on that journey to maybe explore thinking differently And like our friend Daniel, see if there's not some freedom in starting to say, well, maybe I can love people that don't totally fit the model of what I believe is right and true.
1: Well, that's a good good sermon you just preached. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. You've convinced me. You know what? We should probably wrap up in the interest of time. It's Friday night at 5 o'clock, 5 minutes till 7. But thanks for tuning in. And, you know, we just are committed to... Um, staying in touch every week and hanging out a little bit and inviting you into this conversation with us. If you're seeing this for the first time, please jump onto the website, npepodcast.com, sign up for the email newsletter, uh, the insiders list, and also don't forget Patreon. So no. we do have a Patreon site and uh, we are asking for support there. Five ninety nine a month goes a long way. That is $5.99. Yeah, no, not five hundred ninety nine dollars or,
0: Although you could do that if you'd like, we would but. not.
1: We would not be upset. <laughs> but that is uh, that is certainly not what we're asking. But really, just those dollars go to help us promote this content and try to connect with more people. Because ultimately, we want to be a part of a movement of seeing the things that we're bringing to the fore. We want to see those things changed for the better. We really believe that's God's heart for our community, our state, our nation, and we want to be a part of that. So a um, little bit of money that we raise we put right back into making sure we try to extend the reach of the content at the nonpartisan evangelical. So consider partnering with us. And I know we had a few people sign up last week. So thanks for that. It's really cool. And make sure you subscribe. You know, there are some fantastic podcasts that you're starting to get some really good, like national level interviews. We put in a request to the governor to come on. Wouldn't that be something? We'll see if maybe it works for, for him to come on and talk about, what's going on in the faith community and dealing with COVID and that kind of thing. There's some great podcasts on there. So be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't yet get a copy of the book, Joseph comes to town. Uh, It's out of our when the religious right goes religiously wrong. Read it and write a review on Amazon. That helps get the word out even more about the nonpartisan evangelicals. So
0: we usually pray to finish.
1: We do usually pray to finish. And, um, yeah. We he likes to keep his eyes open. I like to close mine. I think better when my eyes are closed. But you can pray however you want.
0: Okay. If yeah, if you don't want to see me looking at the camera while I'm praying, you can close your eyes. But yeah, I just um trying just to think of exactly what I want to pray. I I just pray that there's somebody watching this today mm. that maybe you're stuck in the place that we've been talking about, that that you've been told Christianity has to look like this, this, and this, A, B, and C. And that's it. There is no more discussion. We've determined what the Bible says, and it has to meet our our standards or else it's nothing else. And you thought, wow, okay, I'm going to follow that because I, I want to be a good God follower. But gosh, I kind of wish I could love those other people out there too. And not in a love the sinner, hate the sin kind of way, but like actually love them and love who they are. And, and I just give you blessing and freedom to start to explore that journey. What would that look like? What would it happen if you opened the door just a little bit to hear people who love God and believe differently than you do? And those around you do. And what if you could really love people and weren't required to adhere to a strict ideology, weren't required to adhere to a strict partisanship to please God? but could really start to think of how could this be different, that you didn't have to be trapped by conspiracy theories and sort of crazy YouTube videos, but you could actually let Holy Spirit start to guide you into all truth, not be trapped by strange myths that come to our itchy ears from the teachers we seek out, but rather would be, what is God's heart for the season? And how can I walk this out well to love God, love my neighbor and my enemy, as myself. So that's not much of a prayer, that's more of a declaration. Oh, well, I still have
1: my eyes closed, so it counts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I bless you. Yeah. To start to seek out that journey.
1: Yeah. And I just agree with that. I and I just I do thank you, God, that you're with us. I thank you, God, that you know every single person who jumps onto this Facebook Live or it's recording, you know, right where we are at all times. And you know what's important to us. And I just pray, God, that you would make yourself known um, in a way that we could experience and realize. And, Lord, I pray for people who would watch even a little snippet of this. God, I pray they would experience your love, that they would encounter you in a whole new, fresh way, maybe for the first time. And, God, I pray, I just pray that you would help us to align with your heart. Help us to say yes to the things that you're doing Help us not to turn a blind eye or turn up our nose or reject or mislabel what you are doing in mm-hmm. this time. But let us be in alignment with it. Let us be carriers of hope and carriers of love and the true gospel of Jesus. And we thank you for your son. We thank you for his sacrifice so that we could be connected to you. And God, I just ask that anybody who would hear this um, would feel refreshed as a result of just tuning in for a few minutes. We just bless bless you we bless them in your name i
0: pray and i do pray over our health as a country and as a state and as a region of central california our our health of our physical being our health of our racial and and socioeconomic inequality if i can say that that would be healed that Mm. that red lines that were set up legally and mentally Mm. spiritually would be broken forever and that the hearts of those who can't see where that healing can happen would be broken to see it happen. Gosh, I'm describing that so poorly, but heal the divides in our city, in our region, in our state, and in our country. Yeah. Break our hearts for the things that break your hearts, God. And don't let us take the bait of allowing labels to cause us to miss what you doing in the season.
1: Well, All right. You guys have a great week and we will see you next week on Part of